0: as a church the people of the risen king come people of the risen king who delight
1: to bring him praise come all let you in your hearts to sing to the morning star of grace from the shifting shadows of the earth we will lift our eyes to him arms of mercy reach to gather children in rejoice rejoice let every tongue rejoice one heart one voice oh church of christ
0: Church for coming together and singing songs of praises to our God. Later on, the kids are going to go to their classes and learn about Jesus' death, his crucifixion, his death on the cross. And so I want to read a passage from John chapter 3, verse 16. It says this: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Here's the point. Jesus loves me and he died on the cross for my sins. And that, and when we take communion every week, we're reminded of this truth. Let's say that statement together. I think we can get it on the screen. Can we get it on the screen? There we go. Let's say it after three. Three, two, one. Jesus loves me and died on the cross for my sins. We're gonna sing a song later and it's called The Old Rugged Cross. The kids have been learning it and it should be a familiar hymn for everyone else. And there are two lines in the song that I wanna talk about. The first line is this, so I'll cherish the old rugged cross. And this means that the cross is important to us when we think of the cross We don't feel despair. We feel hope because Jesus loves me and died on the cross for my sins. The second line in the song is this, I will cling to the old rugged cross. And this means that no matter what we're going through, no matter what our week was like at work, at school, with our families, whatever happened, we can come communion on each weekend and remember Jesus loves me and died on the cross for my sins so if you believe that this evening that Jesus loves you that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you call Jesus your Lord and Savior then this time of communion is for you if you haven't prayed yet to receive Jesus, but you want to and you don't know how. Ask your parents, ask your Subi kids teachers how to do it. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus does love each and every one of us. And He died on the cross that we might be saved. He died on the cross for our sins. So as we take the bread and the cup, may we be reminded of Jesus' death. And may we live in light of Jesus' death. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'll ask the first five rows to please stand and come forward to collect the bread and the cup and bring it back to your seat. We'll take it all together later on. Bread is the body of Jesus who hung on the cross. Let's eat together. The cup is the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. Let's drink together. Please stand and sing. We're gonna sing that song together.
1: suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me so i'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last i
2: Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for our sins. Thank you as a child of God we can pray to you and you help us. Please help us to believe in you God. Please give the pastor strength as he shares your word and help us to learn from the message today. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Every every month, we memorize scripture together as a church. This month's Memory Verse tells us that God has always been and always will be. Let's say it together. Revelations chapter one, verse eight. I, I am the, the Ava and, and the Omega, Omega, says the Lord God, who, who is, and who was, and, and who is to come to the Almighty.
0: Good job. Thank you so much. It's time for the kids to go out to their program. Uh, and everybody else, you can turn around and give a welcome to somebody around you. Wave at them, say hi.
3: Thank you so much to the music team who led us in such a beautiful time of singing together. I'm going to invite three special ladies up with me. Earlier this year, God began prompting four different people from different walks of life within our church community about an opportunity to serve children um, in the local public schools through this ministry called Kids Hope. Sensing a resonating of hearts, they prayerfully brought this opportunity to leadership. It was agreed that Kids Hope aligned wonderfully with the church's vision to bless God and bless others. It would allow us to be equipped and sent to lovingly serve our local community, particularly children. Today, Melissa French from Kids Hope and those instrumental to seeing this ministry birthed will share with us the invitation and opportunity to be part of Subi Kids. Kids Hope program, partnering with Jollymont um, Primary School. So I'll now hand the mic over to Melissa. Thank you so much, and good evening.
4: I'm a fellow Church of Christa too. I attend Kalamata Church of Christ up in the hills, and although this isn't my regular church, I do feel part of the family, so thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I have two children of my own, Sienna and Zoe, and I am a Kids Hope mentor into Uh, Wollaston Primary School, which is our local church's um, Kids Hope program. What is Kids Hope? I want to tell you it's a really powerful initiative that partners local churches and local public primary schools to bring impact to children facing vulnerability through one-to-one mentoring. It's a very simple, very authentic program based on the power of one. One school, one church, one child, one mentor, one hour a week. And I am sure that you are aware, even though we saw our lovely children up here on the stage, that many Australian children are facing challenges like never before. You know, so much so that issues like depression and anxiety and suicide are now being seen in younger and younger children. And schools, they're facing the burden because they are unable to help children achieve academically when their social and emotional well-being is poor. One chaplain put it to me like this, you cannot fill a child's mind if their heart is empty. But praise God, today we are bringing to you the opportunity, members of Subi Church, to be a part of filling children's hearts by being a present, reliable and trusted adult who champions them. You know, if we look to scripture, we can see that Jesus himself champions children. You might remember Mark 10, 13 to 16, Jesus is traveling and teaching and the crowds are following him. Some are amazed and others are there to try and trip him up. And amongst it all, people are bringing their children, asking Jesus to bless them. And the disciples with good intentions, I suspect, kind of said, nah, no room for the kids, Jesus is busy, and they kept them away. And when Jesus saw this, the Bible says he was mad. Actually, it used the word Indignant. And he said, stop that. Do not do that. Do not hinder them. Let the little children come to me. And then in verse 15, it says that he scooped them up and he took them in his arms. He placed his hands on them and he blessed them. You know, in that moment, he stopped the proceedings. He made them the center of attention. He valued them. He saw them. He gave them his time. He gave them his presence and it blessed them. And we can observe how strongly today the world is hindering children from finding and seeing Jesus. There's no Christmas Jesus, no Easter Jesus, no Lord's Prayer in our schools. Yet we have Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 3.16 affirming to us as believers that we are God's temple and that his spirit lives within us. So whilst we're bound by the secular nature of education as a mentor, I wanna encourage you today that we can actually bring God's spirit into the school. We can actually bless children with our time, our attention, and our words of hope, just as Jesus did. So it's gonna take a team of people to be a part of making this Kids Hope Partnership happen. And here at Suby Church, the lovely Rochelle Ledger has been appointed and trained as your Kids Hope Coordinator and at the school, Principal Barbara Jollymont, so values our lovely chaplain there, um, Katie, that she is the school contact. And together, these two are gonna be a part of managing the mentoring program and the matches of students there. So before I hand over to them, I just wanna encourage you that it's a very small investment, but the impact is immense. One of our principals in Victoria says, this program changes lives and you will probably just never know how precious this gift is to our young people. A mother of one of our programs here in WA says, what I really want the volunteer mentors to know is that they are helping my whole family. And one of our Queensland mentors received a card just before Father's Day from the child that he mentored, and it read this, you are the closest thing to a father that I have. You know, these testimonies and many more communicate strongly that God's presence in our lives, when shared generously with a hurting community, is precious and powerful. You have something precious and powerful, and I hope that you'd consider joining your team's Kids Hope program at SUBI. So, Rochelle, tell us a little bit more how we can do that.
5: Thank you, everybody. My name is Rochelle Ledger, and I just want to give you a little bit of background for myself. I've been working with children in the capacity of parent or teacher for well over 30 years. Through my teaching role, I have seen the difference it makes to children when they feel respected, valued, and heard, and how they gain a lot of self-confidence from that. As Melissa has said, this world has become extremely challenging and difficult for children, some children, to navigate. Some do this alone for various reasons and consequently are emotionally at risk. The result being a sense of vulnerability and loss of hope. This is where kids' hope comes in. There are children in our schools, as Melissa just said, who do need our hope. Who better to provide this hope but God's people us. My role is to gather people like yourselves who would like to mentor a child on a one-on-one basis for one hour a week for one year during the school terms. It It is a commitment to turn up every week for one hour with a child just during the school terms of course. It does not require a lot of work but it does just require the consistency to be there and to be interested in that child every week. I am committed to screening and training every prospective mentor, and to get you ready to confidently mentor a child. If you feel it is in your heart to mentor a child, please come and see one of us at the front desk, in the table, in the foyer, and we will chat with you more about it. But thank you so much for listening to me. And I pray that some of you will answer this call and join us in this very exciting journey to helping the hands, feet and hearts of Christ with children. So thank you. I will now pass you over to Katie.
6: Hi, good afternoon everyone. Um, I'm Katie Almeida. Um, my husband and I come to Oswaldo. Is my husband, and we attend the 1045 service here at Subi. Um, But I'm also a youth care chaplain at Jollymont Primary School, um, and I'm there two days a week. Um, Youth Care is a Christian organisation that provides chaplains to over 600 primary and secondary state schools around Western Australia. Um, I've been at Jollymont for nearly three years, um, and I have the privilege to serve the school community there um, and be Jesus' hands and feet um, by trying to provide social and emotional support to students, to staff and to families. My usual routine involves supporting individuals, um, walking with them when things are tricky, um, running small groups or doing stuff in whole classes. And there are a whole variety of issues that I try to help address. I also run weekly lunchtime activities with students. I train and mentor some of the year six student leaders. And I try to be around in the playground and in classrooms so that I can get to know the students and they can get to know me. um, And so that I'm available when issues arise. Um, It's a very varied role and one that I really love, um, but it's busy and some of the students really would benefit from more time than I'm able to give them. Um, At Jollymont Primary we felt that Kids Hope mentoring could really help to complement the support that I provide and we've been really pleased to partner with Subi Church, so thank you. Um, I've taken on the role of coordinating the programme from the school end and it's been really exciting to get a taste of this term with a few of the students meeting up with mentors already. We'd really love to see the programme expanded next year um, and to be able to offer the benefits to more students. If you're interested, as Rochelle said, please come and see us at the table in the foyer afterwards. And we've just got a brief video for you to watch at the moment.
7: You have someone in your life who encourages you, someone who supports you to reach your dreams. Everyone needs a champion like that. Sadly, some kids have no one cheering them on. Like Alex. Alex had been labeled the most difficult boy in school. His home life was full of challenges and dysfunction. Alex had a short temper and was struggling with basic maths and reading. With the training and support of the Kids Hope Team and his local church, Tim volunteered to be Alex's mentor one hour a week during the school term. The first few sessions were challenging, but over time Alex softened towards Tim. He began participating in the sessions and his behavioural and educational abilities improved dramatically. Alex looked forward to seeing Tim who enjoyed hearing his hopeful dreams for the future. Connecting with a caring mentor for just an hour a week can dramatically increase the overall well-being of a child. Many more primary school children need a Kids Hope mentor because they're facing challenges like never before. All children desperately need a champion in their lives to bring them unconditional love and hope. Will you be their champion by volunteering at your church's Kids Hope program today?
8: Good evening, church. My name is Sean Cum. I'm one of the elders of Subi Church. Thank you for your patience during this time of transition. Whenever we pray, we like to have an answer. We want to have a yes or no, and we move on. The hardest part is that sometimes God say, maybe later. And that's the hard part that we have to sometimes deal with. We understand that changes is never easy, but we want to keep our eyes on God. And he will use this for his own good. The elders would like to also take the opportunity to acknowledge the exceptional effort, the whole staff team. An update on some of the movement that we have recently. You may or may not know some of this has had really happened, but let's just go through that. You will see some of the faces pop up behind me. Shani. Shani has graciously accepted the role of executive assistant. She will primarily working and providing administration support to the pastors and between pastors. If you do not know Shani, it means that you have came through the church through the back door. So she's always there. Today she's supposed to be on leave, but somehow she's here. So, yeah. The next person we have is Vash. Now you may or may not have seen her, but today she's here with husband Christian, and she has taken on the role of administrative assistant, vacated by Shani. She has a wonderful, friendly personality, and she. It's a first point of contact for most people in contacting the church. Jeremy Dixon has stepped down from his role of worship director at the end of this year. We'll be stepping down at the end of this year to prioritize family. We thank him for his dedicated service to the church. He stood up and took on the role when we most needed someone to be here. If you miss his mellow, sweet voice, you're not lost. Every Wednesday, write it down, every Wednesday on 98.5 Sunshine FM, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. you can hear his voice. He actually has a program running. So just make sure you tune it to it. I tune it all the time. Kanina will be taking on the full responsibility of the worship services. She is well-suited for the appointment with many years of volunteering and on the worship team. Her musical gifts, and administration ability, and people's skill, and she would do it well. In relation to the women ministry, the women ministry, we have spoken to two ladies, and who are both passionate about discipling women. They are highly experienced in teaching and pastoral care. We're looking forward to announcing these appointments in the new year. We also have another new coming in January 2024. His name is Wesley Chow. He has completed his Master of Divinity at Reformed Theological College in Melbourne. He will be making the move from Melbourne to Perth. He has the heart of teaching the Gospel, preaching, and campus ministry. We will keep exploring his involvement with the small group and also the Young adults Ministry. We look forward to formally commissioning him next year and inviting you to a night with him or a day, depending on the timing, um, with him and pizza too. You'll find that he will be quite engaging with you. Uh, we had a good time having him here a few days. Finally, the update of the Senior Pastors Search process will be discussed at the AGM next week at 12.15 after the Sunday service. Everyone here, whether you're a member or not member, you can. Do attend that service, um, that AGM. Okay, I'll pass it back to Kanaina.
3: Thank you, Sean. And another good evening to everybody here. Welcome or welcome back to church. My name is Kanaina, as Sean said, and I'm part of the ministry team here at Subi Church. You'll find a connect card that looks like this on your seat or behind you anytime during the service please feel free to fill one out this is a way f- to, for you to get in touch with the ministry team um, our elders or our deacons you can rsvp to events request for prayer or send an update there's also a qr code that you can scan into your phone to submit an online connect card we'll now move into a time of offering which is an important part of our worship to God, out of thanksgiving to him for all he's done for us in and through Jesus. There are various ways that you can do this, and you can participate in this part of our worship. There is an offering box in the back of the auditorium um, for you to drop off a physical giving, or you can do so online, and you'll find instructions on a green leaflet in the back as well. So shall we pray together for our offering? Our Father in heaven, we come before you today thanking you for your love for us. Thank you for your mercy and generosity as you've given us the greatest gift, that is Jesus. Thank you for the gospel of Jesus that saves. As we offer to you our givings, we ask that you would bless them, that they would be used effectively for your kingdom, that more would come to hear the name of Jesus and be saved. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have some upcoming events to announce this weekend. Firstly, we have Cafe Melody happening next Saturday, 25th of November. It will go from 2.30 to 4.30 in the afternoon, just about 100 meters down the road that way at the third place. This is also Cafe Melody's last session of the year, and this will be a special time of singing Christmas carols together. And we are blessed to have Ron Hancock again on keyboard. So please come along and feel free to invite your friends. So that's happening next Saturday at the third place down that way, starting at 2.30 p.m. Happening two Tuesdays from now in the evening is an evangelism training and it will start at 7.30 and it will be held just in the church cafe outside. We have Susan Richards and John McKenzie running the training. They'll be talking through a wide range of tips, ideas and strategies on how to do outreach. Everyone is welcome. Uh, from those who consider themselves at entry level to those who are a bit more confident to evangelize. And we hope this training will help to equip us, especially to, in the lead up to Christmas as well. It's a great time and an ideal opportunity for us to gain some of these skills in a time where people are more open to the gospel. Susan and John will also be providing gospel tracks some beautiful gold-edged Gospels of John and invitations as well to our Christmas services for outreach this year. So that's on a Tuesday, 28th of November at 7.30, just outside in the church cafe. Next Sunday will be our AGM and election of elders, and it will happen immediately after the 10.45 a.m. service. Everyone is invited to attend and to hear from our elders as they present their report to the church. The 2023 annual report is available on our website uh, for you to review and to read through. And this is just a gentle reminder as well that the voting of elders will be open after each service until next Sunday. So there is a ballot station just outside the foyer. If you're a member of Subi Church, please remember to vote. And lastly, we end with a happy note. As we announce a new addition to our church family, a big congratulations to Romel and Roxy Alegré on the arrival of their baby girl, Elisha Sam, who was born just under a month ago on the 26th of October. So sweet Elisha is baby sister to Elijah, and we celebrate with them as they become a new family of four. So as their church family, let's keep them in prayer and support them where it's needed. That concludes our announcements for this week. Shall we now come before the Lord in prayer as we prepare our hearts to hear from his word? Please join me. Heavenly Father, our God Almighty, you are worthy of all worship and all praise. Lord, because of your infinite grace to us, we have been brought out of death and darkness into life and hope. We are so grateful for your gift of forgiveness through Christ our Lord and Savior. Through him are we able to spend eternity with you, called to be your children and co-heirs with Christ. Through your Spirit, we ask that you would work in us, transforming our hearts to love and worship you as we have been called to. Help us to live lives that reflect your goodness and mercy, which we have received through your gospel. Lord, we recognize that it's been a challenging year for many of us, Some of us are walking through tough valleys, even as we speak. As we experience disappointments, broken relationships, challenges with health, financial burdens, we are reminded that this is not a perfect world. In our suffering, we know that you understand our pain and what we're going through. Thank you, Lord, that you are never far away from us as psalm 91 says whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty i will say of the lord he is my refuge and my fortress my god in whom i trust like the eagle you cover us with your feathers and under your wings we will find refuge your faithfulness will be our shield and rampart so heavenly father through the power of your holy spirit please help us to look to jesus Please help us to fix our eyes on you and to find our hope in you, our unfailing refuge and strength. We also pray for the AGM next Sunday. We ask that it will be a time of open discussion and reflection over the past year and this period of transition we're currently in. We pray for your wisdom for our elders as they make important decisions that impact the future of this church. Would you guide and help our elders to be leaders after your own heart, to serve our congregation well and honor God in all they do? Our Father, please also be with Pastor David as he preaches from your word today. Soften our hearts in preparation to receive your truth. Open our minds and our eyes to who you are and ready our hands to do what is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray all these things, amen.
9: Good evening, church. Our Bible reading today concerning spiritual gifts is taken from 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 to 10. If you are able, I invite you to stand with me as we read from God's Word. So 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 to 10. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. You may now take a seat.
10: G'day church, great to see you. For those watching online, so glad you could join us. My name's David, one of the staff members here at the church. And if you're new or visiting, special warm welcome to you. We hope that your time with us is a blessed one. And if you are looking for a church home, we'd love you to consider making CB Church your church home. I'd like to show you a brief video and then we'll come back together. So with Reading, our, you know, our three major economic engines, our tourism, Methamphetamine, and, you know, marijuana, the drug culture, and then Bethel Church.
7: Bethel Church is known globally.
0: People come to Bethel
10: from all over the nation and the world for healing. And
7: they say that the, the anointing
10: is stronger here. A couple who attends Bethel Megachurch in Reading is getting national attention for asking Christians to pray for the resurrection of their two year old daughter who died unexpectedly. <laughs> We have a biblical precedent. Jesus raised the dead.
8: It's been said that those who are cessationists believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Scripture. And we've essentially ruled out the role and function of the Holy Spirit. But nothing could be farther from the truth.
7: I absolutely believe that God still physically heals people today. I believe God can do miracles. I believe he will do miracles. But only when it is his sovereign will to do so.
8: He's already revealed his will. His will is to heal everyone.
7: Christ is the ascended king. He has triumphed. We share in that triumph. That
0: doesn't mean that we stand in front of graves and call people out of their graves. The book of Acts is not given to us to attempt to reenact.
7: The real question is, what is normative? My guest has raised 37
10: people from the dead.
8: Where's the proof of this? I do know
7: people who raise more people from the dead than Jesus did.
10: Jesus didn't do
4: miracles to show us what God could do.
8: Jesus' statement is not that hard to understand. Greater means greater, and the works he referred to are signs and wonders.
7: He didn't perform miracles to show what he could do.
8: It's meant to
0: make you think that you are at the same level of Jesus. Whatever he did, I can do. He
10: came to illustrate what a human being could do performed miracles to show what you
7: can
10: do as you can see from the video there's much debate about the role of the holy spirit in the christian life today did you pick that up did jesus perform miracles in order to show what god can do or did jesus perform miracles in order to show what we can do with the power of the holy spirit Should we expect the Holy Spirit to raise people from the dead? Did the miracles of healing and uh, uh, speaking in tongues, miraculous powers, did they cease with the apostles? Or do they continue in the lives of everyday Christians today? Well, a group called the cessationists, they say that or they insist that the gifts do not happen today Uh, another group called the continuationists insist that the gifts must happen today and if you don't experience the miraculous in your christian life then you're living a second-rate christian life now who's right i want to know the answer because i don't want to live a second-rate christian life do you So we're going to be looking at that this evening. Uh, Just to let you know where we're heading in the next few months in terms of our preaching program, today is uh, talk number four in the Holy Spirit. That will be our last one of the series. Next week, leading up to Christmas, we'll begin a new series called The Power and the Goodness of Jesus. And then in the new year, we'll be looking at two major books. We'll be looking at the book of Genesis, How Did Everything Begin? And then we'll be looking at Revelation How's everything going to end? All right? So, does that sound exciting to you? It sounds exciting to me. I hope that you're excited by that. We're going to have a diet of Old Testament, New Testament, topical sermons. We're going to uh, uh, hear the full counsel of God. And next week, we are going to touch on the Israel-Palestine conflict. But today, we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which we just heard read. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The word gifts there in the original Greek, some of you will know that, it's the word charismata. Literally it means grace gifts. Uh, But in Christian circles often uh, referred to as charismatic gifts or spiritual gifts. You would have heard that term. Spiritual gifts are abilities given by the Holy Spirit to every Christian in order to serve others, to build up the church. Some of the gifts have have a spectacular nature, like healing, miraculous powers, tongues, but most do not. Spiritual gifts listed in other places in the New Testament include hospitality, administration, leadership, mercy, encouragement, teaching. The point of being given spiritual gifts is not to build yourself up, but to build others up, right? If you all have the gift of hospitality, you don't bake cookies for yourself, you bake cookies for other people, right? Gifts are given to serve others. So every one of you, if you are a believer here this evening, you have been given spiritual gifts by God to build up the church. Do you know which ones you have? Are you using them? Look around at what the church needs doing on the weekend services, during the week, during our ministries, and if you can do that, if you can do one of those things that needs to be doing, that's likely to be one of your spiritual gifts. Ask others for input. Others will often see gifts in us that we can't see ourselves. Now, Paul doesn't give us a lot of details about the gifts, does he? He doesn't go into a lot of details about most of the gifts. His purpose wasn't to identify their precise nature. For example, what is this message of wisdom and this message of knowledge? Because as we'll see later, uh, some parts of Christian, in the Christian circles take it to be a certain thing. What, what, what does it mean? Well... I think the best way to try and understand Paul is to look in other spots in that letter of 1 Corinthians to see what, uh, he's, um, how he explains what it might be, this gift. So in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, we speak a message of wisdom, but not the wisdom of this age. We speak not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us by the Spirit. So this message of wisdom, this message of knowledge... Seem to be closely related to the message of the gospel, which is delivered by the apostles, likely it was a form of word ministry which reveals wisdom and knowledge to others, that you are able to pass on to others. And notice that they are placed first in the list. Why is that? Because it's word ministry that most builds up the church, whether that's preaching or just us speaking to each other the word of God. To another, gifts of healings by that one spirit. Now I know some of you are thinking, I know who's got that gift, that guy on TV with the white suit and the private jet, right? But notice it's it's gifts of healings, not just gift of healing, which I think strongly suggests that there wasn't like a guy in each church that would go around and just be able to heal everyone that he touches. Much more likely, various Christians became agents of God's healing power at various times when God used them to pray and ask for healing. To another, prophecy. Now, pulling together what Paul says about prophecy in 1 Corinthians we can see that prophecy in the New Testament is very, it's very different to prophecy in the Old Testament. Prophecy in the New Testament seems to be a reflection on Scripture, which then leads to an application into someone's real-life situation. So it's something like this. Uh, as I thought hard about this passage, and as I prayed for wisdom, asked God for wisdom, I believe the Spirit is telling me it means this. And I think that I should do this, or I think that you should do this. So prophecy needs to be weighed and evaluated. It's it's very different to teaching. Teaching has to be submitted to, right? If someone teaches from the scriptures, it's thus saith the Lord, we submit to it. But prophecy is to be weighed. It's, It's prophecy is more suggestion than teaching. All right, he keeps going. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. So the gift of tongues in 1 Corinthians uh, appears to be different to the tongues that we saw a couple of weeks ago in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit enabled the disciples to speak in languages they'd never learnt, languages uh, from all over the known world, and others could hear their, their, their language. They heard the gospel in their own language. In 1 Corinthians, it seems to be different. Uh, The gift of tongues has two forms. One form is a spiritual language that someone speaks and then another interprets that language to build up the church. That's one form. The other form appears to be uh, a language that is unintelligible to humans but it's addressed to God in private for personal edification. And these tongues are an expression of profound emotion, from the deepest recesses of the soul. And they enable that person to communicate with God in a way that normal speech does not allow. The main point of this passage is that you have been given a spiritual gift in order to build up the church. But Christians hold different views about whether certain spiritual gifts are still exercised by Christians today. And the two main camps are the cessationism camp and the continuationism camp right and they differ in the interpretation of particularly 1 corinthians chapter 13 have a look with me in 1 corinthians chapter 13 see where you think they might disagree love never fails but where there are prophecies they will cease where there are tongues they will be stilled where there is knowledge it will pass away For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So Paul says the gifts will cease when? When completeness comes, or when perfection comes. Now, when is that? Well, the cessationists say that completeness is talking about when the scriptures are complete, which happened about the end of the first century. Scripture is perfect, so we no longer need the imperfect gifts of tongues and prophecy. Uh, And so they say the gifts of the Spirit had a specific purpose in the early church to attest to the truth of the spoken word. But now we have the written word, we don't need it, and so there's no need for gifts today. All right? So we shouldn't expect to use these spiritual gifts today. On the other hand, the continuationists say, and this is the interpretation I hold to, that perfection is a reference to what? The perfect knowledge of God that you and I will have when we see him in person in heaven. At that point, we're not going to need the imperfect gifts of tongues and, and prophecy because we're, we've got the real thing in front of us. Right? We're, we're in the presence of God. And so there's going to be no need for prophecy in tongues then, and so that is when the gifts will cease. If the gifts only pass away then, then we should expect to exercise the gifts today. I need to make a few comments about uh, two groups in the continuationist camp. Uh, That's our our Pentecostal and charismatic, Charismatic Brothers and Sisters I'm going to give you a quick uh, history of Pentecostalism. It's fascinating. Pentecostalism began in 1906 in Azusa Street in California. Uh, and the Pentecostal movement describes itself as having three waves. The first wave, the first wave said, "Look, in order to be a Christian, you need to speak. You need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, which means you need to, to have a second blessing of the Holy Spirit, and you must speak in tongues. That is the evidence that you are a Christian. And the first wave led to the creation of new Pentecostal denominations because their teaching was not welcome in the mainstream churches back then. If you want to go to a first wave Pentecostal church in Perth, you'd go to somewhere like Potter's House or victory life. The second wave of the charismatic movement, of the Pentecostal movement, was the the charismatic movement which began in the 1960s and this came from within the mainstream churches. They said, look, you don't need to be baptised in the spirit and speaking tongues in order to be Christian but if you don't, if you don't have this second filling of the Holy Spirit, well." you're going to live a second-rate Christian life. Uh, if you want to go to a second-wave church in Perth, you'd go to somewhere like Kingdom City. The third wave, Pentecostalism, appeared in the 1980s with a guy called John Wimber and the Vineyard Movement. Have you heard of him? Yeah? They claim to be both evangelical and charismatic. The third wave has uh, said... Baptism in the Spirit, it's just another way of talking about being converted, right? So there's no such thing as a second blessing, but you must move in the gifts of the Spirit. You've got to move in the gifts of healing, uh, prophecy, the miraculous. You must see signs and wonders because they are an essential part of being Christian. The third wave reintroduced the office of apostle and prophet, which were offices only held at the origin of the church life. And here in Perth, if you wanted to go to a third wave charismatic church, you'd go to somewhere like Churchland's Christian Fellowship. Now, the Pentecostal and charismatic movements have challenged the church to expect more from God. Uh, They have... They expect God to pour out His Spirit in ways that break our traditional moulds. They've they've got a greater openness to God's intervention in our lives. And they have done better at getting their members to utilise their gifts and not to leave ministry to just a few. But, in my opinion, they have erred at many points by going beyond what the Scriptures say. All three waves of the Pentecostal movement have problems with what's called the the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture, something that we hold to here at Subi, the sufficiency of Scripture says everything that you need to know God and to, and to live a godly life is in the Scriptures. But all three ways of the Pentecostal movement say, no, we need the Holy Spirit to work outside of Scripture, in addition to Scripture. And so they tend to talk about God speaking to them directly, And so it's not uncommon for them to say, hey, God told me this. God told me that you should do this. God told me that I should do this. Uh, They claim that a message of knowledge, a word of knowledge, is a revelation given by the Holy Spirit outside of Scripture, like a sense that God is speaking to them. Uh, They claim that prophecy is a direct word from the Holy Spirit about what to do in the future. The Holy Spirit's told me that this is going to happen and, and you should do this. Now, God can do anything, right? And so if God wants to speak to someone directly, he can. I'm not going to put any limits on God. But this is not God's normative way of doing things. God's normative way of communicating to us is through the scriptures. That is the way that God wants us to hear from him. And that is the way that we should expect to hear from him. And the fact that you don't hear a direct word of God from God doesn't mean that you are living a second-rate Christian life. Now, both cessationism and continuationism, I think, go beyond what Scripture prescribes. See, cessationists, they insist that the gifts do not happen today. The continuationists insist that they must happen today. And if you don't see them happen, you live a second-rate Christian life. But I believe what the Bible says is that the gifts can happen if God wills. So if you look at the miracles in the Bible, they are clustered around where? The two great redemptive events in the Bible. So the great redemptive event of the Old Testament was what? The, the Exodus. God rescues his people from Egypt. And you've got amazing Miracles, they're called signs and wonders. You've got the ten plagues. You've got the parting of the Red Sea. And then you've got this great cluster of miracles where? Around the coming of Jesus, the great redemptive event when he saved all of humanity from sin. And you've got Jesus doing jaw-dropping miracles. You've got the apostles doing jaw-dropping miracles. And in both these clusters, the miracles have a special name. They're called signs and wonders. And they authenticate the redemptive events as coming from God. In between these two clusters, have you noticed that there are huge gaps of time when you hear very little about miracles? They're there, but they're few and far between. Now, the apostles, they performed jaw-dropping miracles as a catalyst to get the church up and going, right? But even the miracles they performed began to wane in scope and in number, in scale and number. Uh, if you read Acts 28, Paul healed, he went to the island of Malta and he healed absolutely everyone. He just healed everyone on the island. Amazing. But then later in his ministry, uh, he, he says this, he says, Trophimus, I left sick at... Miletus. So he couldn't or wouldn't heal one of his co-workers later in his ministry. Now, the New Testament Testament never has the expectation that those in the church would do miracles of the same scale or frequency as Jesus or the apostles. In fact, Paul says the marks of a true apostle are what? signs, wonders and miracles that, that is the sign of an apostle that's what sets them apart they do signs and wonders that's what sets them apart so we, the, the New Testament never has the expectation that we would do miracles at the same scale or frequency as the apostles but at the same time the New Testament nowhere teaches that any of, gift, any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit would be withdrawn so you've got both of these things happening together. So do I believe the gifts of the church are like of, uh, of for today? Yes, I do. Do I believe the gift of tongues are for today? Yes, I do. But I don't believe that every Christian must speak in tongues in order to be Christian. That's not what the Bible says. Some Christians are given the gift. Some Christians are given other gifts. The gifts of the Spirit will happen when? As God determines, as God wills. I'll give you an example. A man came to Australia as a missionary in about 1900 and he he saw people saved but he didn't see anything spectacular happen. Then he went to an island in the South Pacific and he worked there for three years. He didn't see anything spectacular happen. Then he went to Wales and was part of the Welsh revival, which we talked about a few weeks ago, and he saw spectacular things happen all the time. He then moved back to Australia and he didn't see anything spectacular happen. Now, was God different in all those situations? No, God was the same. In one instance, God wanted to work in spectacular ways. In other other instances, he didn't. So I think it's... If God wants to, he will. But nowhere does God promise miracles today. So I think it's wrong and unhelpful... To say miracles cannot happen on the other extreme it's unhelpful to say that they must happen they can happen if god wills i've seen a lot of people um, at the at, you know, at their lowest point they're desperate for healing they're desperate for for uh, their life to be turned around they're, they, you know they're at death's door and they say well you told me god promised miracles and yet i've asked and nothing's happened and just at the point where they need their faith to be strengthened, it's weakened because of false promises. No, it's, God never promises to do miracles today, but he will if he determines. So God can heal if he chooses. And when I, if someone comes to me and they're unwell, I will pray for them and I will trust that God can heal them with all the faith in the world but they'll be healed if it's God's will. Some people are healed and some are not. We know that. What God calls us to do is what? Is to make the name, the news of Jesus known, and if he chooses to accompany that news with miracles, then he will. The point of the passage is that each one of you, if you are a believer, have been given spiritual gifts by God. That is the point. One thing that has definitely not ceased is what? Is our responsibility to use our gifts to serve God. That responsibility has not ceased. We have a responsibility to serve God with our gifts. Are you serving God with your spiritual gifts? And you you discover your gifts through ministry involvement. Look around the church at what needs doing on the weekends, during the week, in a, a number of ministries. Try some out. See if that's something that you can do. And if it is something you can do, that's likely one of your spiritual gifts. Now, we have a number. I want to finish by just going through a number of our SUBI Serve teams that you could be involved in, in order to use your spiritual gifts. Our responsibility is to build the church family using our gifts. So, a number of our gifts. Small groups. I know a number of you are involved in small groups. A number of you lead small groups. It's a great way to be part of ministering to the church is to be a small group leader. We need new small group leaders. Can you do that? Welcoming. Being part of the welcome team. We need people to help with that. Subie kids. Awana on a Tuesday night, Kids Hope. Subi Youth, we need youth leaders on a Friday night. The music team. Service helpers, all the things that happen during the weekend. Audio visual at the back, the engine room that makes these things happen. We, need, we really need people to help. Evangelism, we've got that training course Tuesday night, Tuesday week, Come Along. Be gifted, be equipped. Perhaps that's your gift. Mums and bubs during the week, a playgroup. Men's ministry, women's ministry. We have a number of SUBI serves ministries. These ministries can't function without each one of us putting our shoulder to the wheel, rolling up our sleeves, getting our hands dirty. Our responsibility to serve has not ceased. That's what we know from this passage. And nor has the blessing that you will receive when you do serve. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Over the last few weeks, we've seen your stormy, powerful Ruach. It lives within us. And we thank you for your spirit. And we thank you that your spirit changes our hearts to want to know you to want to live for you and we thank you that your holy spirit enables us to serve you and gives us gifts in order to serve you and i pray for each one of us here that we will use our gifts to serve you it's our responsibility to use our gifts our god given gifts to serve you and i pray lord as each of us prays about how we might be utilized i pray lord as we all push our shoulder to the wheel that this church will be built up. Help us to see which gifts that we have and I pray that as a result of us all serving together, we might be blessed by serving and this church might be built up into maturity. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please
0: stand and sing our final song with us?
1: Direction that we will rise again. the holy spirit i'll got Jesus comes again For I believe in the name of Jesus I believe in God our Father I believe in Christ the Son I believe in the Holy Spirit Our God is three and one I believe in the resurrection That we will rise again
10: On the Connect card, there's an opportunity for you to write uh, uh, and tick the box being you'd like to know more about being involved through serving in the area of, and you can fill that in and we'd love to uh, get back to you on that and include you in one of the serve teams. I'm going to pray and uh, finish with the blessing. Father in heaven, I thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you that the Lord Jesus came to serve. Not to be served, but to serve. And Lord, as your Holy Spirit changes us to to be in the likeness of Christ, Lord, we will want to serve. And so I pray, Lord, that we'd be blessed as we serve, and I pray that we'd be effective as we serve. And I pray for each person here, that they would be serving using their gifts. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.